This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Khaliqil wujudi min al-adam. Waja'ilin nuri min al-dulam. Wa mukhrijil sabri min al-alam. Famulqid tawbati ala al-nadam. فنشكره على المصائب كما نشكره على النعم ونصلي على رسوله الأكرم للشرف الأشم والنور الأتم والكتاب المحكم وكمال النبيين والخاتم سيد ولد آدم الذي بشر به عيسى بن مريم ودعا لبعثته إبراهيم عليه السلام حين كان يرفع قواعد بيت الله المحرم فصلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى أتباعه خير الأمم الذين بارك الله بهم كافة الناس العرب منهم والعجم فالحمد لله الذي لم يتخذ ولدا ولم يكن له شريك في الملك ولم يكن له ولي من الذل وكبره تكبيرا والحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا والحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبد الله ورسوله أرسله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وإن كل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم أدعو إلى سبيل ربك بالحكمة والموعظة الحسنة وجادلهم بالتي هي أحسن إن ربك هو أعلم بمن ضل عن سبيله وهو أعلم بالمهتدين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وأحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي واللهم ثبتنا عند الموت بلا إله إلا الله اللهم اجعلنا من الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر آمين يا رب العالمين I've dedicated the last few khutbahs talking to you about a single ayah of the Quran uh, and that is the 125th ayah of Surah Al-Nahad that's Surah number 16 ayah number 125 the ayah began call to the way of your master using wisdom uh, and then Allah adds الحسنه, and with good and beautiful counsel uh, and then he adds, وَجَعْدِلْهُمْ بِالَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنَ And debate them or argue back with them in a way that is best or that is better. Um, and then he adds, this is the final statement of this ayah. In the last khutbah, I talked to you a little bit about different ways in which people use less than beautiful ways to argue or manipulative ways to argue. Uh, and there's a long list of them. I'll talk to you about that in a second. But today's khutbah will be primarily dedicated to the conclusion of this ayah. إِنَّ رَبَّكَ هُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِمَنْ ضَلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِالْمُهْتَدِينَ That certainly your master, he in fact is the one who knows better who is lost or who is uh, gone off from his path. And he knows better those that are committed to guidance. That's the concluding statement of this one single ayah. It's important first to note that when there are lots of statements inside a single ayah, that Allah is telling us to take those concepts that you would think are separate concepts, but think of them as one. 
because he made them into one unit of learning so that they can contemplate his ayat they are unified unlike you know it could have been would be an ayah by itself and then this last statement would be an ayah by itself because those are separate statements but Allah in his wisdom took two separate sentences they really are two separate sentences and made them into one ayah uh, because an ayah is not restricted by what you consider rules of grammar, meaning a sentence ends with a full stop, then you start the next sentence, right? So you can have multiple sentences inside of a single ayah, and that's the case here. There are multiple sentences inside of a single ayah. So the thing is, if you just heard somebody say, you know, let me explain to you why this is important in understanding this ayah. If you said to somebody, Allah knows best, or Allah knows better, right? That's a general statement. It can be applied to anything. What's the weather going to be like tomorrow? Allah knows better, right? When is this pandemic going to be over? Allah knows better. You can you can take any statement about the future or anything about the unseen or anything even about maybe we're studying an ayah of the Quran and we don't understand fully what it means or there's some ambiguity or there's questions that we haven't been able to answer. And the answer to that would be what? Allah knows better, right? So it's a general universal principle statement and it's there to humble human beings about the limits of their knowledge. So there, there are times in the Quran where Allah commands us to say that, a'lam, you know, tell them or say, my master knows better. And that's a way of saying, I don't have to know the answer. You don't have to know the answer because the one who needs to know, knows. And what he wanted us to know, he, tell, he told us. And what's beyond our scope and won't benefit us, he didn't tell us. This is actually something that informs our way of approaching the Quran altogether. Because in the Quran, Allah sometimes doesn't tell us a lot of information. Uh, sometimes he won't tell us the names of everybody. Like currently we're studying Surah Yusuf, right? And he's got, Yusuf alayhi salam's got 11 brothers. But not one of his brothers is mentioned by name in the, in, in the surah. He's, he's not men, they're not mentioned by name. The mom's not mentioned by name. And why is it that Allah is omitting this information? Or, you know, Allah mentions that he ended up in Egypt, but he didn't say where they used to live in the beginning, which is Kanaan, Kanaan that the Bible tells us and other historical records indicate, right? So why would Allah skip out on information from us? That's what it feels like. He's not telling us everything. Well, he wants us, first of all, to understand something. He tells you what you need for a purpose, for guidance, right? So if, you know, it, it, to give you a simple example of that, if I, say, if I say to my son, you know, I want you to tighten the screw. Here's the screw, screwdriver, here's the screw. And he starts asking me, what manufacturer is the screwdriver? When did you buy it? How much did it cost? Does it deteriorate in value? Are you going to get a new one eventually? Or is it going to be always this one? How long did these things? I asked you to do this task. Is it the right screwdriver? Is it the right screw for the job? That's it. All these other questions may be very curious for you, but they don't benefit the task at hand, right? So the same way, Allah gave us what he gave us for the purpose of guiding our lives to give us good advice, to give us beautiful counsel, to give us something that will keep us out of harm's way. And he gave us exactly what we need. And what happens is we become less interested in what he did say, and we became, become more interested in everything he didn't say. We become more curious about that. And when, it, when that curiosity takes over, then that statement that your master knows better, it applies two ways. Allah knows better the answer to those questions because we don't have the definitive answer to those questions because Allah didn't give them to us. 
So at the end of the day, there'll be a debate. What could it be this? Could it be this? Could it be this? The other is Allah knows better what to mention and what not to mention. Allah knows better what to say and what not to say. What to teach you and what not to teach you. What to give you guidance with and what not to give you guidance with. He knows, he, he knows what he's doing. There's no better teacher than Allah. And nobody designs a curriculum better than the best teacher. So this curriculum that Allah revealed to us is perfect. It doesn't need additions. It doesn't need subtractions. It doesn't need editing. He's better, he, he knows better in how to teach us. Now that statement, again, in general, has a certain meaning. But what meaning does it have inside of this ayah? It's been, it's been unified with the concept of you and me trying to call others to the path of our master. And it starts with the Prophet himself, وسلم, and that's the most important realization here. The commandment ud'u is singular, call. Now when I say call, if, if there's a hundred people in front of me and I say call, they're saying I'm talking to the audience and I'm telling them to call. But in Arabic, the plural is different than the singular, even as a verb. So you say ud'u, the u would be longer if I was calling, if I was telling everybody to call. But if I'm talking to a single person, I say ud'u, the u sound is short. And what that does is it tells us that Allah is talking first and foremost to the Prophet himself, sallallahu Let's figure out why that's important. Our Prophet has more access to the unknown, the unseen world than any other human being in his time. He is, has access to see Jibreel for who he is. He has access to the revelation from Allah. He has been shown you know, uh, glimpses of Judgment Day, of hellfire and of heaven. He's been introduced in person to prophets that have died thousands of years ago. He has access to what? The unseen. He has, he's been given, though we call it limited access, but he has a glimpse into the unseen that we don't have. When, when Jibreel comes dressed in white and comes and asks him some questions and everybody else is weirded out, who was that? Rasul knows who that is. He has information that is unseen to the rest of us. He's got it. So Allah is talking to someone who has more knowledge about the unseen among human beings than any, anybody else. This is important to note. With that in mind, by the end of this ayah, Allah says, when you debate with somebody, debate in a way that is most beautiful or more beautiful. Keep things civilized, keep things dignified, keep things beautiful. Because when you debate with someone, they tend to try to win the argument by saying more and more and more offensive things. Because as, as someone starts losing an argument, the way to fight back is to actually fire away, to get heated. Now, if, you know, just like in any sport, if you're about to lose, you start getting upset. The same way in a debate, it could be when someone sees that they're not getting somewhere, they're not winning, their, their arguments have been stumped, they start getting upset. When someone gets upset, they get more offensive. So they can say things that are very outrageous. They can say things that are so, so deeply and you know, so profoundly hurtful, but they just say it because now they're backed in a corner. And now they're just going to lash out and not control their tongue and say, act however they act. In those situations, the Prophet ﷺ is being told, well, they can argue with whatever foul language they want. They can argue with whatever false accusations they want. They can argue by taking the subject here, there, and everywhere else. They can use character assassination if they want. You will only argue with that which is more beautiful, meaning the truth. And also it means the way you will argue. Because you know, you could be, if you're quoting an ayah of the Qur'an, or you're, you're sharing something that Allah says Himself, or the Prophet said Himself, then you're sharing something that's more beautiful. But there's an ugly way to share it too, right? 
So it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. We, I keep coming back to that. So debate back in a way that's more beautiful. Why? Because in the mind of the one who is debating, let's say, like, let's put a scenario to this, not of the Prophet of ourselves. Let's say a young man decides to give da'wah in, you know, in the university, right? And they set up these booths where people come and they ask all kinds of questions, learn about Islam or Islam Awareness Week or why Islam and, you know, those kinds of things. And there's a booth and people are coming and asking all kinds of questions. And some guy comes and starts insulting the Prophet and starts insulting the Quran. You know, or he goes off and just says the most ignorant, some most outrageous things and won't stop. And, you know, they're just absolutely belligerent. There's no way to control them. And as they start talking like that, they're like, you're going to talk about my prophet that way? Oh, I know how to put you in your place. And you start getting heated and angry too. And then you start quoting ayat about how people like him will burn in hellfire. Because what, you, what he does is the way of the kuffar and the kuffar. You know what Allah says about you? You know what we believe about you? You know what we know about you? We'll see you on judgment day. I'm going to be laughing at you looking above from above when you're burning in hell down there. You know? On that day, the believers will be looking from above down to the believers and disbelievers and laughing at them. There's a scene like that in the Quran. That's not the right time to quote it though. I'll be laughing. You can laugh now, but we'll be laughing the day is coming. Um, that's not more beautiful. And that violates the beginning of this ayah, call using wisdom. There's no wisdom in that. But where did that mentality come from? These people are so evil. What they say is so vile and so outrageous. They're so stubborn in their kufr, in their disbelief, in their denial of Allah and His Messenger that they need to be put in place. Allah will deal with them in the, in the worst way. I know these are the kinds of people Allah talks about in His book. And you... Basically, you're no longer calling someone or discussing with someone or disagreeing with someone. You are actually judge, jury, and executioner on behalf of Allah now. You've condemned this person to hell because of their behavior. You've decided that these people are beyond hope. They're a lost cause. You've decided that there's no guiding these people. The only way you can talk to people like that is this, this, and this. The Quran's already told us when someone's acting that way, what should you do? Ignore people that are outrageous. Walk away from them. Qalu salama. Respond peacefully and just end it. There's no need to continue. That's something we've already talked about. But you know, the something in your emotions and mind says these people. Oh man, that is going to look epic on Judgment Day with these people. As if you're already in the safe zone on Judgment Day. You're in the you know the box seats, the VIPs lounge, and you get to comment on everybody else that's going to be in the trouble booth, like. How did you get your reserve spot? Where did you get that, that thought process suggests that you know something Allah doesn't, or you know something that only Allah knows. Where this person will end up. There are people that were the worst enemies of Islam. The worst staunch enemies of Islam. People that were ready to kill the Prophet of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And now when we say their name, we add radiallahu anhum. May Allah be pleased with them. They become people that are guaranteed heaven by Rasulullah because Allah gave him, you know, Allah didn't give that guarantee for everybody, but he revealed specifically, let these people know they have heaven. Allah will let them know through his Prophet. And, but those were people that at one point 
were ready to kill, not just disbelieve in the Messenger of Allah, not just reject or ignore the Quran, but actually kill Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Nations in the past that tried to kill their prophets, those nations got destroyed. You know that, right? That's not a small evil. And yet those are some of the best, they became some of the best people that ever lived. What I'm trying to get at is, you don't, how, however bad a person appears, you don't get to say they're a lost cause, I don't get to say they're a lost cause, and that's when you understand the conclusion of this ayah. إِنَّ رَبَّكَ هُوَ أَعْلَمُ No doubt about it, your master, he's the one who knows better. He's the one who knows better. بِمَنْ ضَلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ About the one who is lost away from his path. Okay, someone has been misled from his path or someone's off the path. You can see that they're off the path. Allah says, but I see better than you do. I see how many steps farther away they are. I see what events are coming in their life that may change their heart and they take a turn back towards Allah's path. You may see them veering off away and away and away and you say these people are lost. Allah says, I know better what loss looks like. I know better. You don't get to write people off. You don't get to do that. It has to be a revelation from Allah that gets someone to write somebody off. A revelation from Allah Himself. This is not about letting people do wrong to you. That's already been a separate subject. People hear me, me talk about this and say, well, if you're not going to write somebody off, that means you should keep giving them more and more chances. That means that you give them opportunity to do wrong by you over and over again because only Allah can judge. You're confusing two separate things. And it's important to separate those two separate things. One matter is you and I have dignity and rights. And when somebody is crossing those lines, Allah revealed borders for those. So when somebody is acting in an undignified fashion, you walk away from them. That border still exists. But as you're walking away, your thought process about them is what's being controlled here. My thoughts about that person that I walked away from, they may be acting ignorantly. They may be someone, I will not allow them to cross a line with me. I will not allow them to you know, continue to, to say belligerent things or be in the presence of that. I won't do that. But at the same time, I won't walk away thinking these people are condemned or a lost cause. Maybe at some other point, they calm down and we are able to have a civil conversation. Same person. Same person that I walked away from. Because someone acting a certain way that doesn't define who they are. That's just one time they acted that way. Two times they acted that way. Or that year they were going through that phase. People go through phases, yes or no? Many people you know in your life, you meet them later on, you say, you're different. Yeah, I'm not the same person anymore. You'll, you'll meet them and you can tell they've, they've changed dramatically. They're not, those habits that they used to have that defined them are gone. Something happened in their life that changed them. Change them significantly, you know. So when we, and, and by the way, the idea that some kind of evil runs in their blood or they're never going to change or, or it's just their nature, even if they become better, they're going to go back to the, who, who they really are sooner or later, you know, like the Arab expression, um, if there is some evil inside them that they will go back to, I'm not the one to know that or you. That's with Allah. And that's actually the kind of evil that the brothers of Yusuf السلام, mentioned that you know if he, if he stole, he used to have a brother who stole just like him, as if it runs in the family. Right? It's a, it's a trait. They can't escape it. They'll come back to it eventually in one way or the other. So the idea that people are beyond redemption, 
Yes, there may be somebody who is lost. But even someone who's lost, Allah is saying, yes, you can see that they're lost. But let, you know, let me tell you, I know better what that loss really is. You know, to help you understand this visually. I know maybe this will confuse you. I hope it doesn't. I think it makes a lot of sense. When you see someone at a certain point, like in, in mathematics, you have a dot, a point, right? A, a certain point on the graph. You don't know its trajectory. You can draw an infinite number of lines through that one point. It can be going, the, the, you know, any number of rays can be going through that one single point. You see a person at a certain point and you say they're lost. They're in the negative. But you don't know if their trajectory is towards the positive. You don't know if Allah has planned a curve around for them and they're going to be way ahead of you later on. You don't know any of that. You just know that one point. And based on that point, you say they're lost. And Allah says, no, I know better about what that lost is. I know where it's heading. You don't. So put your... And, and there are people that are in the positive. That's the other scary thing. There are people that are in the positive. They're in a good place. And you can look at them and say, they're in a really good place. But you don't know what downward spiral lies around the corner. And they end up worse than the worst people. Somebody can, you can be in the most beautiful place looking at the most beautiful view on top of a cliff and one slip and you're at the bottom of a valley. Isn't that the case? So just like people that are lost are not permanently fixed, Allah knows better if they are or not. The people that are found, the people that are in a good place, the people that have some guidance with them, they're not secure in their place either. Nobody's cemented where they are. So the statement ends from Allah, and he knows better those that are committed to guidance. That's a really scary thing to say. It's at face value, it sounds like Allah knows the misguided, Allah knows the guided. Ah, uh, no, hold on. Allah knows better whoever's misguided and what their reality is and who, how they may go from being lost to being found. And Allah knows better those who feel that they are in a good place with Allah's guidance that are going to slip away and who are, who are the people who are actually going to remain committed to it? Just because we have guidance today doesn't mean we'll have it tomorrow. It's not something we're entitled to. It's not something that we can hold on to and say, I own it. If we, if we owned guidance, we wouldn't have to beg Allah for it every time we, we pray and say, mustaqim, guide us, guide us, guide us. If we already owned guidance, we wouldn't have to ask for it. It's something that has to be asked for because it runs out. Just like water in your body and my body it runs out and you have to drink again. That's what. That's how guidance is. And those who commit to nourishing themselves continuously, Allah knows them better. There's a very humbling ayah for anyone who tries to talk to anyone else about Islam, about the deen, about giving good advice. First understand where you and I stand. Allah knows better where I stand. Allah knows better where you stand. Even the Prophet, and I started by saying, why is it significant that this ayah began with the Prophet If anybody would know the unseen destiny of another human being that he would have access to know where they're going to end up that would be rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he's being told you need to internalize allah knows better who's lost and allah knows better who's committed to guidance if he has not give, been given that license except on revealed occasions allah will tell him specifically this person let him know that person let him know right other than that even the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam did not know he was not given access to to the insides of people's hearts and this is why he was commanded in the Quran to say, Qul ma adri ma bi wala bikum. Tell them, I don't know what's going to become of you or what's going to become of me or of you. 
in attabi'u illa ma yuha ilayya i'm only following what has been revealed to me wa ma ana illa nadhirun mubin and i'm only here to warn you clearly that's it that's all i can do but i just because i'm warning you doesn't mean i come from a superior position i i don't even know how allah is going to deal with me i have no clue this is what allah commanded rasul sallallahu to say to the makkans to the makkans that teaches us you and me a kind of humility in communication yes we can talk about islam we can enjoy the good we can give good advice we can share something beneficial about our religion but don't share it from a place of superiority you know and acknowledge that we, we we're no better than anybody else and if if even if sometimes people say that you know i'm not better than you but you're a horrible person <laughs> you could start by this fake disclaimer of humility and then be arrogant after that but say but you know what i did say i'm fake i, I you know i'm humble allah will you know allah knows where i stand the way you and i carry ourselves the way we speak our demeanor our body language the things we choose to say all of that is an indication where our heart really stands not just our words by our words you know there are plenty of people say you know i'm the kind of person that totally minds my own business all the time but have you heard that <laughs> you know so that first statement gets nullified by their actions doesn't it so the same way just making the claim that yes you know allah knows where i you know i'm no better than anybody else or etc just saying that isn't enough you have to be that i have to carry that i have to think like that look at people like that talk to people like that especially inside of our own families and circles and friends and things like that we have to retain that kind of uh you know a a demeanor it's a scary thought that people when they become you know uh, shaitan can get us in in strange ways and i gave khubba about this a long time ago but i'll just quickly remind you because it's related here sometimes people are very far from allah's deen right and allah shows them guidance and they find their way back to allah and when they find it they're like i finally found the haq i found the truth and it's so empowering when you find the truth and you're so angry at your former self for not being on the truth before right not being committed to it how could i have been so blind but alhamdulillah allah guided me to it now and now that you have it you have the sense of urgency to give it to everybody else right and it makes you kind of jittery and disturbed it starts burning you on the inside that somebody else around you that you care about isn't committed to the religion the way that you found this new commitment so you go out of your way to say you need to pray you don't understand how serious it is and you just kind of shaking them up and you forget that if somebody dealt with you this way you would have run a mile you forget that and you forget that you you start acting like i've already been saved i need to make sure you're saved this is what this ayah is coming to correct that good energy that good enthusiasm that concern that needs to be released in a guided way it cannot be released in a way that turns you into arrogant that turns you into judgmental and condescending and then you tell yourself no but i'm doing dawah it's <laughs> not dawah that that's not what dawah is you know that's again a trick of shaitan where he takes something evil but he makes it look good wazayyana lahum ash-shaytanu a'malahum so protect yourselves allah i pray that i protect myself from that and allah protects you all from that barakallahu li wa lakum fil qur'an al-hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyyakum bil ayati wa dhikr al-hakim Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi alladhina istafa khususan ala afdalihim wa khatamin nabiyyin 
محمد الأمين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد عباد الله رحمكم الله اتقوا الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتاب موقوتاً